Greetings, and welcome to Content That Moves, the podcast for brand storytellers who want to create emotional connections with the content they create. We're on a mission to shine a light on the most compelling and effective brand storytelling, and we want to arm you with the insights to create something amazing for your brand. I'm your host, Jesse Raisler, and the podcast is created by Credo Nonfiction, a content studio that moves the needle by moving your audience. Visit credononfiction.com to learn more. Today's podcast is sponsored by Brand Storytelling, bringing you the latest news, trends, and insights in branded content with top-of-the-industry events and in-depth industry coverage online. Brand Storytelling encourages a higher level of collaboration amongst advertisers, agencies, media partners, and creators in pursuit of a richer media environment. For more of the latest in the world of branded content or to explore event offerings, visit brandstorytelling.tv today. Our guest today is Kirsten Falk. She's the Managing Director of Brand Storytelling and Innovation at Charles Schwab and has a lot of interesting things to say about how the firm uses storytelling to humanize the brand. We also get into the power of radical vulnerability in telling stories about leadership and how executive support can transform a content program. Welcome to the show, Kirsten. Thank you. So wonderful to be chatting with you here at Brand Storytelling. Um, before we get into the story-rich content that you're creating at Schwab, I just want to say your title out loud because I think it's one of the best titles <laughs> yes. I've, I've ever heard. So correct me if I'm wrong, but it's Managing Director of Brand Storytelling and Innovation yes. at Schwab. Is yes, that, right? that is correct. I get a lot of questions about that. It's fantastic. Like, what a f- It sounds like so much fun. Um, it sounds amazing. Can you talk a little bit about a, like what that title entails for you and what's sort of been your path, your, your career path to get there. To get there, yeah. So we, I came up with that title because I wanted people to understand that what we were trying to do was very different from what a lot of other teams were doing. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, we are trying to humanize the brand and obviously storytelling is the best way to do that. And so I think partly that title was just as much in, for internal purposes as it was mm-hmm. external. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of companies, not just Schwab, have invested a lot of marketing resources in much easier things to measure. And there's an important role for that, right, in terms of things that drive immediate growth and conversion and things like that all play an important role. But what we wanted to do was send a message for people to understand that there is something important to be said about storytelling and um, continuing to evolve and adapt the way in which you tell stories. And that's why there's the innovation piece, because I think it's also important to think about distribution differently and not just your typical way of um, rolling out a story. That's huge. And distribution has been a big topic here at Brand Storytelling and something we definitely want to talk more about. Um, Before we do, one of the the other things that struck me um, in your bio, which I think speaks to the reason we're all doing this kind of work, is that um, you're creating content in order to, quote, generate audience evangelism. Yes. I love that. Can you kind of talk a little bit about that? Yes. I mean, it's still, that's a, you know, it's a difficult thing to measure over time. But Uh, Ultimately, my belief is that if we are inspiring and connecting with people emotionally, then you are building a deeper relationship than simply a transactional relationship. And much of what um, in financial services marketing does is much more transactional, right? They compete on price and product, all in key things. Mm -hmm. But what we want to do is create something deeper that has meaning and inspire people so that they feel good about doing business with us as a brand. 
you just explained why we named our podcast content that moves because it's about moving people and the emotional ways that we can do that. So Absolutely. <laughs> thank you. Well, and I think it's easy to forget that sometimes, right? Yeah. I, I think sometimes we get involved in our jobs and the day-to-day and the pressure and things that we're supposed to do. And sometimes I think we forget the humanity a little bit. Right. Well, and especially in an industry like a financial industry, it's hard to do. I mean, yeah. we make films for Morgan Stanley, so we understand the complexities oh, of that okay. space. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And we yeah. know like you have to get to that ultimate um, human purpose behind what's what is that? What do those financial transactions mean for a person at the end of the day? And I think I've started to see that beautifully in what you're doing. Thank you. Well, and I think, you know, I think it's a myth, too in financial services, that content cannot be, you know, emotional and it must be rational and sort of what I call linear thinking. When in my view, money is one of the most emotional things that we confront and deal (laughs) with all the time. And all of us are not perfect. We don't always make rational decisions about money. So I think there's sort of a myth in the financial services sector about that. No, absolutely. Well, I do want to dig into um, a couple specific projects that you've done. Um, I love what I've been able to see, the this really story-rich campaign, Own Your Tomorrow. Yes, thank this you. Simple but powerful concept expressed beautifully across some really unforgettable films and stories. Can you talk a little bit about like the genesis of that initiative and how it ties into your brand values and, and how this all took shape? Yes. Well, you know, Own Your Tomorrow, we feel incredibly fortunate about that being truly sort of our brand promise to consumers, right? Which right. is the idea that we believe that everybody needs to take the right, make the right investment in their lives to ultimately create the tomorrow that they seek. And clearly, uh, financial wellness and financial literacy all play an important role in that. What I wanted to do um, was sort of blow up the idea of Own Your Tomorrow and not have it just apply to finances, but to people's lives and sort of understanding that it's hard. Like There's a lot that goes on that makes it hard for you to realize your potential. And so what we did with sort of the Own Your Tomorrow storytelling was kind of the goal was to inspire people and show sort of these different moments in time where people had an opportunity to dig into their resilience and and sacrifice and sort of do something. And so that's kind of what we sort of call this ownership moment that we seek in our storytelling where people had this moment that they actually leaned in versus sort of avoiding it. And it's applicable to kind of how you can approach your finances. Because it's such a wide variety of stories in that campaign, but there is that very consistent through line, especially how you you say it that way. Yeah, and that was, I mean, honestly, I think there were some people definitely internally who... um, wondered why some of these stories were happening, right? I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you get. Um, But we, what we, I take a narrative approach. So to me, video, the longer form content is kind of our foundation. But then what we do is create an ecosystem of content that's reflective of the platform that it's going to show up on and is reiterating a value, a brand, you know, value that we want to talk about, whether it's resilience or... So you see the longer form content, and then we also do a ton of whether it's, you know, six-second video on YouTube or content on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. We're helping sort of remind people of these stories. Sure. Um, And I'm curious, with those films in particular, sort of what was your distribution approach was that built in from the beginning and then how are you measuring what you're doing with that I yeah so everything I do sort of I build in a multi-channel distribution approach Um, and we uh, you know we have an audience that we are very focused on 
and um, we know where they are and we know what they do and you know all the things that mm-hmm. marketers know and so um, this content is reflective of their aspirations and sort of motivations and we show up in the places that they are right and so um, I always build in with in working with um, the directors or creators the, the idea that this will show up in a lot of different places sure. so we um, you know at the end of the day the first thing you have to do is create a good story mm-hmm. and in my belief if you've created a good story that's brand relevant which is really the next filter mm-hmm. then it's easy to have that be distributed across a lot of different places right. in different formats sure. right so. sure and with with that as an example like I know you have it on your site yes um, where else were you pushing this out to you we so again it just each each film is a little bit different one of the things that we try and do is kind of look at the tribe so for example you know um fishermen or boaters with yeah, uh, you yeah. know That's uh, the first or, one I watched. yeah did you yeah. Dripping, yeah which is an amazing story right yeah. i mean he's yeah. out there treading water like yeah. it's incredible so, so we'll put a link to this film in in this podcast but just really quickly there was a man who was fishing right yeah yeah went overboard his boat was still in gear yes his boat drove away yeah he, some stuck. bad decisions occurred but yes <laughs> yeah. yes but it's a it's a classic story which is we wanted to lean into the resilience of that and yeah. sort of the but anyway so we we looked at you know where do these tribes exist and then how can we create content more specific to them and that sort of that resonates with them and so then whether it's I mean there's multiple channels now multiple places to just distribute i mean we clearly um you know youtube and facebook and twitter some of the more the bigger the platforms, social platforms we, yeah are we certainly big. Okay. that's where we show up for sure cool um one of the other things i wanted to ask you about um this idea of a founder's story can yes. be really powerful yes. and i think the film that you created with your actual founder is like one of the most powerful founder stories i've seen thank so, you we're super proud of it yeah i mean can you talk about how that started and then like I know you have this sort of centerpiece film that's like five or six minutes long but then you also created a shorter version that ended up being a commercial right yes yeah which was a big home run for us um so yeah how did that start so um Chuck had a book launch a new book coming out and so a group of us were sort of brought together to think about how to roll that out and for me I was like this is an incredible opportunity to do a brand film and um, and to work with my director Ben um, from yeah. Breakwater Studios, yeah. Yeah. and Ben was super fired up about it as well. And so um, I think that's a big reason why it came out as well as it did. Is just Ben is an incredibly talented filmmaker, and my view as a brand in working with creators is how do I get out of the way so that they do what they do really well. That's really nice to hear. <laughs> it's true, right? It's, yeah. There's a, there's yeah. an art, and I think sometimes we yeah. forget about the art part, and yeah. um, and so. There was a lot that we did to just make sure that the it was more about the relationship between Ben and Chuck in that exchange yeah. that kind of came through. And my big thing to Ben was we need to lean into just radical vulnerability. We need to do something that's going to make everybody a little bit uncomfortable. So we didn't even have really – there was only one Schwab person really in the room. We really wanted it to be about the, the exchange, like a real exchange between Ben and Chuck, and that's what we were able to do. Wow. Radical vulnerability. That's, that's yeah, great. That's, you don't see that in, a, in CEOs like ever. So no, and, and it – I mean, this is going back to sort of Brene Brown stuff, but I'm just a yeah. huge believer in that, and I think that's, you know – in strength is vulnerability, which is a lesson I'm still working on, by the way. So, um, but I think Ben was able to nail that. And and to be fair, 
um, we had so much internal support in the project. They allowed us that opportunity. You know, there was a lot of trust. I've demonstrated. We've demonstrated. I think over the years. I don't know that we would have gotten that six years ago, just starting out, right? right? But we've, over time, have built up trust internally to do it sort of our way. So that's a great segue. So I feel like a lot of brands are more at maybe where you were uh, yeah. six years ago and yes. are just starting and, and they're looking to get support and approvals, maybe from leadership to create this content that isn't, you know, the traditional sales and marketing messages and yeah. is a story that maybe just ties into some values of the brand or where the brand wants to go. So for someone in that position, like when you were when you were at that point, like what did you do to, to, to drum up support internally to do this type of thing? I mean, I still have to spend time drumming up support I think part of that is um, what I do you know as a leader my view of it is I spend the time making sure I can remove the barriers so that my team can go do incredible work Uh, I think for me um, and the and sort of what I would say is I've been lucky in having executive support Um, you know there's a couple of executives who believed in what I was doing and gave me that support and so I, I and part of that was me just spending the time going around, you know, literally kind of doing road shows mm-hmm. and just talking about our work and showing people what was going on. Uh, and so you just have to spend the time. You have to put the time in. It's kind of like a change management process, right, where mm-hmm. you go out and talk to the people and get them excited and fired up about it. At the same time, I've always parallel path kind of a uh, measurement process. And so when I first started, there wasn't as much um, – you know, sort of measurement and understanding around what, you know, upper funnel sort of content. Right. So, um, you know, and because of the data changes, that that might actually get, be getting a little bit more murky again in terms of attribution. But one of the things I did was demonstrate over time the value of the content in terms of actually opening accounts and things like that. Mm. Um, how did you do that? Like, how did you make that connection directly? Or? Uh, just based on we have our own sort of internal way of pulling in the data from some of the social channels, which okay. you actually probably can't do anymore. But okay. all that stuff is changing. Yeah. Um, but you have a look back window and things like that and you can look and see um and it's basically it's based on partial attribution which is you know most people interact with you know six pieces of content but each gets a sort of fractional share of the role that they played in the ultimate conversion and so that's one way of you know we're able to track that stuff right but yeah so that's less sexy stuff but it's also important to be constantly talking about it and you know brand measurement is still hard um, and so I think there's a lot of opportunity for this type of content. I mean, how do you demonstrate sort of long-term growth, which is yeah. really what I think we're driving? That's a little yeah. bit harder. Well, especially when it's in areas like this where it's um, brand affinity, brand favorability. Yeah, these are all emotional things. It's like you can ask people in a survey, but I'm always like, okay, well, that's good. I mean, I, you know, that's great. That's better than not knowing. Right. But we all, there's also a lot of bias, and you know, it, it's yeah. a murky thing. That's true. Well, um, I'm curious to hear what's next for you. What's on the horizon? Can you speak about anything else that you're working on? Yeah, unfortunately, I'm pretty. I'm actually pretty restricted in what I can okay. and cannot say. <laughs> However, I think that um, you know, there's a lot going on. It's a big year uh, for Schwab. I'm sure most people realize we are in the process of acquiring TD Ameritrade. It's made the headlines. So there's there's some significant change occurring. Um, and, you know, uh, great opportunities, I think, to continue to tell brand story and longer form content. So we're certainly looking at some of those opportunities. But, um, yeah, there, there's just not huge amounts that I can give insight into. Sorry. <laughs> well, thank you for all yeah. of the insights you could share today. We'll be sure to share your work here and just keep up the beautiful work. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to learn more about what I do. Thank you. Thanks. 
see Kirsten and her team's films as part of the Own Your Tomorrow campaign, visit content.schwab.com backslash schwabfilms. And to see the film about the founding values of the company, featuring Charles Schwab himself, visit aboutschwab.com slash content slash may dash day dash video. They've also made a new edit from that original interview that feels particularly relevant in today's pandemic climate. View that video message at schwab.com backslash y dash schwab. Until then, be well, have fun, and tell some amazing stories.